Welcome to the Brady Haywood Podcast, the podcast where we look at engineering failures and disasters. My name is Sean Brady. In this podcast, we're not actually going to talk about engineering failure at all. We're going to talk about rational decision making. Because rational decision making, or the lack thereof, always plays a role in failures. And when we talk about rational decision making, it's sometimes really helpful to leave our profession and look at other professions to learn the lessons from them. And in this case, we turn to medicine and the accurate diagnosis of heart attacks. So the Cook County Hospital is located on West Harrison Street in Chicago, and I first heard about it in Malcolm Gladwell's excellent book called Blink. Now this was the place where the first blood bank was opened, and its trauma centre became famous for the treatment of gunshot wounds because of Chicago's gang violence problem. Then, in the mid-90s, a man by the name of Brendan Riley became chairman in the hospital's Department of Medicine. Now the hospital he was taking over was simply crazy. This was the last resort for people with no health insurance and was the city's principal public hospital. So the hospital had no private rooms, there was no cafe or private telephone. Some of the big wards had only one light switch, so if you wanted to examine someone in the middle of the night, you had to light up the whole ward. There was no air conditioning, so they had these big fans that just drummed out noise all day. People could bring in their own TVs and radios and the noise of that blaring just added to the overall noise. And because there wasn't enough nurses to answer the nurses' bells whenever they were rang, these nurses' bells would just go unanswered and ring and echo round the wards all day. Now what's pretty incredible was about 250,000 patients per year went through the emergency department. And Gladwell in his book says that the smart ones arrived in the morning and they packed a lunch and dinner with them because it took that long to be seen. And the hospital was simply clogged and full of people. There was patients in in the wards and there was patients on on gurneys lining up the hall. Now, if this sounds in any way familiar, and it may, depending on whether or not you're around my age, it's because this hospital was the inspiration for the TV series ER. And, of course, this is the series that launched a then little-known actor by the name of George Clooney. But in the mid-90s, when Brendan Riley took over, his job was to try and deal with this clogged system. And he had to try and ensure that all the patients were seen in a pretty efficient manner, so all of them had a chance to get some help. And the problem was huge, trying to move this number of people through the emergency department. They had to develop systems for dealing with asthma patients. They had to develop systems for dealing with the homeless. But one of the biggest issues they had to deal with was heart attacks. So every day a significant number of people would turn up in emergency and they would say they were worried they were having a heart attack. And the number was about 30 people a day. So what do you do when someone walks in afraid they're going to have a heart attack? Well, there were a range of things that were done. A nurse would take blood pressure, a doctor would listen to the patient's chest with a stethoscope, and then they'd be asked a a series of questions. You know, where does it hurt? How long have you been in pain? Is it worse when you exercise? What's your cholesterol level? Do you have diabetes? And so on. Then out would come the electrocardiogram, and this would be attached to the patient, and this device should provide more information on whether or not the patient was having a heart attack. Problem was, this device was far from perfect, and it sometimes gave contradictory results. In fact, the only way to really get an accurate indication of whether someone was at risk of a heart attack in the short term was to to do a range of tests that took hours. 
which of course you couldn't do in the emergency department in Cook County because there was literally a, you know, a line of people behind that patient requiring attention. So this forced doctors, to, when they saw these patients, to, to have to make a decision. So what they'd do is they'd take the information from the electrocardiogram and they'd put it together with all the other information they'd get and they'd essentially make a very educated estimate about what needed to be done with this patient. You know, at two extremes, one they had to go into intensive care, the other they'd be sent home. The problem was this wasn't an easy decision to make and it certainly wasn't a clear-cut decision. So to avoid making this sort of error, doctors were essentially being conservative in admitting patients. And just to give you an idea of how big an issue that was, Gladwell estimates in his book that nowadays in American hospitals, about 10% of people admitted with risk of heart attack actually have one. So that's 90% of people who, who go home okay. Now this was a huge problem for Brent Riley in, in Cook County Hospital because he had so many people to deal with and if he admitted people who weren't at risk of having a heart attack he was actually taking up valuable resources for people who could be having heart attacks or people who got other issues. So what was he going to do? Well, the first thing Riley did was he wanted to work out how accurate the doctor's assessments actually were. So he put together 20 typical case histories of people with chest pain and he asked the doctors to determine the course of action. And he found that the doctor's estimates were all over the shop. You know, one doctor would check a patient into intensive care, while another would send them home. This really was guesswork. So to solve his problem, Riley decided he'd get scientific, and he turned to the work of a cardiologist called Lee Goldman. Now, Goldman had got involved with a group of mathematicians in the 1970s, and what he did was he fed hundreds of cases of heart attacks into a computer, and he tried to work out what actually allows you to predict if someone's going to have a heart attack. In other words, he was letting the cases speak for themselves, and he wanted to see what variables were actually important in heart attack prediction. Now, the, the background for this research is really, really fascinating in its, its own right. It, it turns out it was funded partly by the Navy, not the medical profession. Why would the Navy be interested in this? Well, it, it comes down to this, that if, if you've got someone on a submarine and they're presenting issues of an impending heart attack, what, what do you do? If, you, if you're conservative, what you do is you surface the sub, then you get them some serious medical attention. But if you do that, you're going to give away your position to the enemy. And remember, this is in the middle of the Cold War of the 70s, and one of the points of having a submarine was that it was, it was hidden and could stay away from the enemy. So the Navy had this huge issue to deal with and they needed better and they needed a better basis to the decision making to, to work out what was the risks of someone genuinely having a heart attack. So as I said, Goldman took all these these cases and he put them into the computer and he came up with a with the following approach in determining whether someone was at risk of a heart attack in the short term or not. So what you do is you combine the evidence from the electrocardium with three and only three risk factors. Number one, is the pain felt by the patient unstable angina? Number two, is there fluid on the patient's lungs? And number three, is the patient's systolic blood pressure below 100? Then Goldman invented a decision tree that recommended a treatment option. So the example Gladwell gives is that a patient with a normal electrocardiogram, but when you combine that with three of the other risk factors, they should go to intensive care. But if someone with a problematic electrocardiogram with only one risk factor should probably be considered low risk. But this approach caused problems with the medical profession, you know, and how on earth could a simple formula be as good as a highly trained doctor? The doctor said, what happens if the patients are overweight, or if they're a smoker, or if they're sweating, or if they had heart surgery recently? You know, what about all that stuff? Shouldn't you be factoring that into your decision making? And, well, in terms of short-term risk, the algorithm said, no, it doesn't matter and shouldn't matter to 
the decision. And this is pretty confronting stuff if you're trained in your field and you're an expert. And here's someone saying that their simple algorithm will, will make better decisions than you will. But Riley was in a situation where he had to do something to speed up the processing of the patients in Cook County. So he decided he was going to use the algorithm, but he used it in a really, really clever way, one that took full account of human factors. So what he did was he presented the algorithm to the staff, and he told them that they were going to deal with their their heart attack risk patients in two ways. One, they were going to continue to use their own methods, but while they were doing so, they were also going to use Goldman's algorithm, and after a period of time in which they, you know, they could combine the results from what actually happened to these patients after they were admitted, you know, did they have a heart attack or not? they could actually work out which system worked best. The old method of relying on the the doctor's expertise or the new method of using Goldman's algorithm. And they did this for two years, and at the end of two years, they had their answers. And the results are are absolutely staggering. Goldman's algorithm was 70% more accurate than the old method. It was 70% more accurate than the doctor's. But when it came to patients who were high risk, it was still better than the doctor's. So for the serious cases... The doctors guessed right about 75 to 89% of the time that the patient was at real risk. But the algorithm was right 95% of the time. And because of this, Riley went ahead and changed the rules and they used the algorithm from, from then on. So what's all this really telling us? Well, we, we live now in a world of information. You know, Some people call it big data, but the reality is we're in a world where we have so much information available to us. And I think it's probably fair to say that many of us believe that more information is better. The more information we have in our hands when we're making a decision, the more informed that decision will be. But Cook County Hospital tells a very different story. It tells us that if we can understand the important information, the underlying variables to control the situation, then this is all we really need to make good decisions. And it tells us the other information only really serves to at best overwhelm us or at worst confuse us. And of course, this other information is incredibly susceptible to our biases. Each of us will attach a different importance on various pieces of information. And these pieces of information can turn out to be useless or misleading in the decision that we have to make. Of course, and this is really a key point, Riley was only able to use the algorithm because Goldman in the 70s had done the heavy lifting. He had figured out in in an evidence-based way what variables actually mattered in the decision. And this information made everything possible. So we can't simplify for simplification's sake. We need to simplify from a position of fundamental understanding. So I think there's a lesson for all of us in this story, regardless of the profession we're in. All of us are now being swamped with information. We have better computer programs. We have access to sophisticated databases to find information. And in engineering, we have access to more and more detailed design information and standards. But what Cook County tells us is that if we can really understand what's important in our jobs and simplify to that. Not only will we make our decisions more efficiently, we'll also make them more accurately. But if we're to do this with some part of our our day-to-day job, we need to overcome our biggest hurdle, which is the same issue the doctors faced. And that is to accept that in some situations, all our experience and training may not be as effective as a simple, well-developed algorithm. Thank you.